introducing my son to movies that I have loved over the years, and one that we just watched together this weekend is the brilliant futuristic alien war movie, The Edge of Tomorrow. And in it, Tom Cruise's character gains the ability to reset the day and to live it again if he dies. And so as he tries to get to this head alien that's controlling all the other aliens in some sort of hive mentality thing, to kill it and to conquer these alien invaders, he has to try over and over again. And whenever he dies, he gets put back to the beginning of the, of the day. So he learns and gradually gains more info and perfects his strategy kind of like a sci-fi groundhog day and these aliens are basically undefeatable and so he dies hundreds of times trying to figure them out and he gets frustrated going into battle knowing that he's just gonna have to do this all over again next time there's a point where he gives up and doesn't even want to enter the war and that ends badly and so he goes back in fighting and dying over and over again because he knows that it is his only way to win the war. It's his only hope of life. Can you imagine living your life knowing that if you messed up even one time, it would lead to death and you'll have to start all over again? In the Old Testament, this was the yearly cycle for those of the Jewish faith. Leviticus 16.34 says, This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year for all the sins of the Israelites. And so once a year on the Day of Atonement, the priest would take two goats. He would slaughter one on the altar as a sacrifice for the sins of all of Israel, and then he would lay his hands on the other goat. He would speak over that goat the sins and wickedness of the whole nation, symbolically transferring their sin onto the goat and then letting that goat escape into the wilderness, representing God removing their sins from them. And this is where we get the term scapegoat. Imagine living in that system. The next chapter, Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. So this would have had to have happened for your sins to be forgiven and to be right with God. That goat would have to be killed. And you would go and see that goat be slaughtered and you would know you're just going to have to do it again next year and the year after that and the year after that because you're never going to get it right. Think how frustrating and deflating that would be. You could never live up. You know you're going to sin and you're just going to have to repeat this process over again. It would make you just want to quit and give up. And every time you saw the blood of a slaughtered animal, it would remind you of your sin. But then, the prophesied Messiah came, the spotless lamb, to take away the sin of the world. And he offered himself up as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. They were laid on him. His body was pierced and nailed to a cross, and his blood was shed to cover our sin once and for all. Hebrews 10.10 says that we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And in an incident, when he rose from his own grave three days later, our biblical hope was secure in Christ alone. And we never have to shed the blood of an animal or offer another sacrifice again. Jesus beat the system. Jesus broke us out of the restart. He conquered the undefeatable enemy of sin and death for good. And so now, whenever we think of blood, we no longer have to be reminded of our sin. 
but we can celebrate our victory in Christ who won the battle for us on the cross. And so, yeah, we're supposed to be in First Peter now. So with all that being said, let's get back to Peter's greeting and see why all the backstory was necessary. In First Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, once again, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Peter says you are predestined in the sanctification of the Spirit for sprinkling with his blood. Now, to a Jewish audience, this could have made more sense, but Peter was writing to new believers, Gentiles, that would have had no context for what he was talking about here. And so what is the context? Well, this takes us straight back to Exodus chapter 24. Listen as I read verses 3 through 8. It says, Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of the oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood, and he threw it against the altar. And then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. And so they were sprinkled with blood as he threw it out across the people, entering them into this Old Testament covenant as the people of God. Of course, they couldn't live up to the promise that they made to the Lord, that they would do everything that the Lord said, and neither can we. That's why Jesus chose to die in our place, which ushered in a brand new covenant making us the people of God by Christ's blood. And now Peter is saying, through the sanctification of the Spirit, you are being sprinkled with a new blood, the blood of Jesus, giving you power over your sin, giving you strength to follow the teachings of Jesus, and giving you the guidance to choose obedience as you walk with him. And that promise is true of you and of me today, if we are surrendered to the Lord. And so, believers, let's live under the new covenant, one that has been settled once and for all, sprinkled by the blood of Christ covering our sins. And so instead of experiencing death after death after death because of our sins, we get to live in the victorious shadow of the cross. May our lives be a shining example of that hope today. Well, next time we are on to verse 3, where we will be reading about the blessing of following Christ. And I promise, at least I think I promise, that we will begin to move quicker now that the theological context and the background of Peter's greeting is done. So until then, let's pray. God, we thank you for the sacrifice of Christ and his blood that was shed for us on the cross. We confess that sometimes we don't live as obedient, sprinkled children of God, but... 
that is our desire. And so sanctify us through your Holy Spirit and sprinkle us with the blood of Christ so that we can live the forgiven and holy life that you have purposed for us. We love you and we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.